Welcome to Married with Picks, Season 2, Episode 17, Week 15. I'm Steve, this is Jacqueline. Welcome, Steve. Hey. Changing things up a little bit. This is the Christmas episode. We're head right around the corner after this weekend. We'll be heading into Christmas for the next time we talk to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. All right. So it kind of threw me off my normal um, intro here. Shook it up a little bit. But before we get into week 15, remember we're available anywhere you get your podcasts, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Um, we had another good week last week, Steve. A um, couple misses. Cleveland had the back door. Uh, Ravens covered that. Since he had a shot at it and lost it in overtime. And then Washington also almost came back and covered, but did not. Um, but otherwise, uh, we were on the right side of the rest of the games. I uh, hit a 17 parlay last week um a six team and a five team because <laughs> i was mad at myself from the week before and not having enough Who'd bets in. thursday night with the chargers against the chiefs well it's a forward-thinking show steve we're not talking about thursday okay. night game it already I the happened chiefs. i'll just mention i had the chiefs i was on the chargers but <clears throat> all right so let's move on week 15 we have no bye weeks and we got to get through this episode a little bit faster last week last week we were like an hour almost so oh. um we're gonna try to speed it up a little bit tonight you talk too much <laughs> uh yeah mr jeff garcia um all right so we have no teams on by um we do have some covid issues going on in the national football league we will get to those games towards the end of the slate now because those games have been moved um so first game on the list is the sa only saturday game now the new england patriots travel to indianapolis take on the colts this opened at minus two and a half in favor of new england and it shifted to minus two and a half in favor of Indy. So to me, this is basically going to be Belichick versus Carson Wentz. Belichick likes to take away the other team's best player or what they do best. That obviously with the Colts is going to be Jonathan Taylor. So to me, this is kind of like the Tampa Bay game. I think it's going to fall on Carson Wentz if he's going to win this game. I went back and looked and they um, Belichick faced Carson Wentz only once back in 2019. That game, the final score was 17-10 in favor of the Patriots. They had five sacks and two fumbles from Carson Wentz. So it doesn't feel good, but I am going to lean the Patriots here. What do you think? I like Indianapolis. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I just think Indianapolis is firing all cylinders. This game stays under three. I like them. It's two and a half right now. Um, it's tough because New England is 6-0 away this season, and they're on the road again this week. But I think this is just a spot in the schedule where this is Indy's game. Um, Indianapolis is coming in at 7-6. and six. They're two games behind Tennessee. So they desperately need to win a majority of these games down the stretch to make sure they get into the playoffs. I like Indy. All right. Next game up is Carolina traveling to Buffalo. It opened at minus nine and a half in favor of Buffalo. It's up to minus 12. Um, so I know they um, activated Sam Darnold, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play. So it will be Cam Newton uh, with a mix in of PJ Walker, I guess. Um, Buffalo, obviously two losses, uh, to new England in that strange weather game. And then, uh, Tampa Bay last week. So, I mean, this is a team that desperately needs the win. Carolina is kind of in a little bit of chaos. Um, Cam Newton struggled last week against Atlanta. I don't think it's going to be any easier for him against a Buffalo team. That's definitely got something to prove at this point. 
it's a big line, um, but we've seen Buffalo cover against bad teams. I don't know. I mean, Carolina, their strength is their defense, but so I wouldn't consider them a bad team, but I wouldn't consider them a good team either. So I lean Buffalo. I might prefer to tease it down. What do you think? Well, the problem here is that Matt Co- or Matt Barkley was added to the COVID list, and he's been in close contact with the other quarterbacks for Carolina. So PJ Walker is quarantined, and um, I don't know what's going to happen with Cam Newton. We're still you know two days away from this game happening, so you want to continue to monitor what the quarterback situation ends up being for Carolina before this kicks off at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, so it's really difficult to make you know a prediction here not knowing what the situation is going to be with Carolina, but considering that it's probably going to be a mix of PJ Walker and um, Cam Newton, like you said, I just feel like this is too many points that Carolina's defense can hold Buffalo. They can run the ball a little bit Um, against Buffalo. They've proven that they'll give up rushing big rushing yards. So um, especially recently. So I like, I like Carolina. I think it's too many points. All right. Like this is like an easy play on Buffalo, really. Like this is like you look at it, you just people are going to play Buffalo and they're going to lose. And somehow Carolina's going to cover. Buffalo has not been that impressive, so you got to be careful with these big lines and the teams that you know Buffalo has been struggling a lot over the last two months. They've been struggling, but when they've been these heavy favorites in these games, I think they've covered every time. Yeah, I mean like Houston, right? Um, I like Carolina. I think you take the points. All right. Next game up is the New York Jets traveling down to Miami. This is a division game. Um, Dolphins have five straight wins. They do have some COVID issues. I think uh, Miles Gaskin is back. He was on the list, but they just added uh, Jalen Waddle. Is that his first name? Jalen Waddle to the COVID list today. Yeah. Um, he's been the leading receiver and, and to his favorite target. Yeah, that's a problem. Um in the last few games. These teams did play back in week 11. Um, Miami won that game 24 to 17. This open at minus seven in favor of Miami. It's up to minus nine and a half. So I do think that Miami can win this game, um, but I don't know if I think they're going to win by nine and a half points. I do because I think that Zach Wilson struggles against good defenses and Miami has a strong defense. So they're playing a lot better recently. They're going to give this young quarterback some fits and, you know, it might not get to that number until the very end. But I think at the end of the, at the end of the game, they're going to have at least a 10 point win here for Miami. So nine and a half, I take Miami. All right. Miami was my first take. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. All right, next game up is another division game. Dallas traveling to the New York Giants. It opened at minus 10. It's up to minus 10 and a half. Um, Dallas got some other defensive players. Defensive players back last week looked pretty good against Washington. Um, The Giants will be without Daniel Jones again, so it will be Mike Glennon at quarterback. These teams played in week five. Um, Dallas won that game 44 to 20, and I don't see any reason to think that this game will be much different. So I would take Dallas, um, prefer them at 10 instead of 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm not in love with Dallas, but I think, uh, you know, their defense is going to give fits to Glennon. He's not that good. I I went back and um, I listened to the podcast last week, Steve, and you called Dallas a fraud. They are a fraud and I don't like them. And I want to take the Giants here, but it's just hard to lay 
even take 10 points with Glennon in there with the way Dallas's defense is playing. You know, I think they're guaranteed at least a defensive touchdown uh, or a defensive uh, turnover that puts them in deep field position against the Giants to score a touchdown. So, you know, I look at um, the the ball positioning is going to be big here. I think the, that Dallas is going to really control where their line of scrimmage starts, drives from, um, based off their defense, and the Giants are just reeling. So I would take Dallas here. They are a fraud, but, you know, Giants are probably the worst team, one of the bottom three in the league. Jacksonville and Houston are pretty bad. All right. Next game is Green Bay at Baltimore. It opened at minus two in favor of Green Bay. It's up to minus seven. Um, I assume this is because Lamar Jackson, although the coach said he has a chance to play, um, I kind of doubt that he does take the field on Sunday. Um, Ravens two weeks ago lost uh, Marlon Humphrey, who was their best cornerback. Um, They played the Browns last week, so the Browns aren't really a team that's designed to to take advantage of that. Aaron Rodgers, I think, can and will um, be able to tear up the secondary. So I take Green Bay here pretty comfortably at minus seven. Well, the problem is even if Lamar (laughs) plays, it's his ankle, right? So he's not going to be as mobile as he typically is, which takes a very strong part of his game away. And it allows Green Bay to defend Baltimore that much easier. So, you know, I don't like how big this line is getting, though. So I'm a little cautious. Um, I think it looks like, again, this is another one of those games like I was talking about Buffalo, where it looks like a no brainer Green Bay. And those and it's one of those that scare me where, hey, Green Bay is going to win. The game's probably not in any doubt. Well, I will say this like last week, keep it close enough to cover last week, Green Bay. Green Bay played the Bears and the Bears went up in that game. And somehow when it was all said and done, the Packers had covered the spread, which was was pretty hefty. So um, I, I, you know, if I'm going to take a spread on anybody, I feel pretty good taking it on Aaron Rodgers. It's on the road, though. So, you know, I think that it's one. This is one of those games where I think it's going to be a defensive struggle and Green Bay could fail to score uh, more than three touchdowns. Could be looking at like a nineteen seventeen. Yeah, I mean, gamer. I think that's you're you're thinking of like the Ravens of old, and their their defense hasn't been that that dominant. No, right, we'll see. They've been in some they've been in some low scoring games, and the question is just going to be: Can they put enough pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers to s- stop him from moving up and down the field? But I think that it's too many points on the road. I'm going to take Baltimore. To be honest you're with you, take it's Baltimore? just too many points. Yeah, even if Lamar Jackson doesn't start, I'm going to take Baltimore. All right, you want to make it a bet? Yeah, well, seven. Seven. All right. And that's with or without Lamar. I'll take it. All right. Next game Baltimore's up. Baltimore's not in the business of getting blown out at home. Okay. Next game, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Opened at minus two and a half in favor of Tennessee. It is currently at a pick'em. And I have to say, I hate this game. Tennessee coming off the bye. They beat Jacksonville last week 20 to nothing. But I I don't know if we can put that much stock into that, given the situation in Jacksonville. Um, Tennessee, I think, is pretty comfortably has a playoff spot at this point. The Steelers desperately need a win here to, to keep their hopes alive. 
Titans will still be without AJ Brown. We saw Julio come back last week. He didn't didn't do much. Non-factor. I think he played the whole game, but um, you really can't count on you know Julio Jones, if, especially if you're using him for fantasy. He's on a lot of waiver wires that you can pick him up, but it's almost like you should try to get somebody else because he's had chance and chance over and over again this year and hasn't produced. Yeah, I don't know if it's just like a chemistry thing or. He's not, you know, 100%. Um, I worry a little bit about, like, T.J. Watt and the Steelers' defense being able to get after Tannehill. Um, although the Steelers have been vulnerable on the ground lately. So even though they don't have Derrick Henry, I think they can still move the ball on the ground a little bit, although they didn't do as much against Jacksonville as I thought they would. So I don't feel good about it, but I, I've got to lean Pittsburgh. Yeah, that tells me all I need to know because you're backing up. I'm reading you and how you're talking about this game. And I like Pittsburgh and I like them a lot. And I'm locking them in now as my best play of the week. Um, Just the way you're talking about it, like you, because you like Tennessee. I know you like Tennessee and you even through this wide receiver peril that they've been going through. I mean, not to mention Henry being out, but um, they Clearly, we talked about it and lined it out in another podcast that when they don't have those two receivers playing, or at least A.J. Brown, they're a different type of offense. They did win 20 to nothing against um, Houston last week, it was, right? Or Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. But But I don't think it was that bad because they just quit on Urban Meyer and, you know, he got fired at the end of the game, at the end of the game or on Monday. So you can't put anything into that game. They, you know, other teams are beating Jacksonville 40 to nothing that are legit. And Tennessee's just doesn't have the weapons I right mean, now. I mean, Tennessee had had come out and surprised in a few games there, but I mean, Pittsburgh, without Henry, without AJ Brown, it, it just really a big one for limiting me. of their offense. Because I feel like they have enough. Like they don't have Derrick Henry there as a backup, clearly, but they have enough firepower at running back with you know three different guys that that can run the ball, and this young guy. Um, I can't remember what his name is. The running back that's that's starting for them now looks pretty explosive. So I think if they had a receiver threat like Brown in the lineup, they they could put pose big problems for Pittsburgh. But the situation with Pittsburgh is they're six six and one, so they're sitting at five at a five hundred win percentage in last place in the AFC North. They're you know half a game behind Cincinnati and Cleveland, both sitting at seven and six and two games or game and a half behind. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at eight and five. So Pittsburgh really is desperate to get a win here because they can't afford to lose a lot more games. I think this is a winnable game given Tennessee's injury problems, Pittsburgh at home. Um, uh, I love Tomlin coaching at home. You know, they're four, two and one this year at home. And I think Ben, after having some bad games in the first half, and clicking like incredibly in the second half can put enough together throughout the game where they win this. So I'll lay the points. Uh, it's actually a pick them now. Yeah. Tennessee's favored by one in a couple spots I see. So especially if Tennessee's favored going into Pittsburgh on the road, I mean, I load up on Pittsburgh. All right. Next game up is Houston at Jacksonville. And when I first looked at the schedule, I thought this game is a complete shit show. I wouldn't put a dollar of my money on this game. I won't put them in a teaser. I won't touch this game. I'm not risking my money on it. And then Wednesday, and it was Wednesday, not Monday, um, Urban Meyer gets fired. And that kind of changes it because we see teams when a coach gets fired, um, 
you know, really come out the next week and play. And I think if any coach was hated by his team, I don't know that anybody was ever hated more than Urban Meyer was in Jacksonville in the um, 15 weeks that he's been there. So, I mean, we saw the the Jacksonville defense show up against the Bills a few weeks ago. I mean, they're going up against Davis Mills in this game. So, you know, on the narrative there with Urban Meyer being out, I I think you got to take Jacksonville. Um, it opened at minus three and a half. It's up to minus five. And I, I feel pretty good. I mean, they really disliked him down there. There's a lot of dysfunction going on. And um, they're going to be glad he's gone. So they're going to they're going to play. Well, I think That's a lot of people sure. are thinking that because the line's going from three and a half up to five in some places, four and a half, five. And typically I look at this and I would say two bad teams, take the points and move on. But I love everything that you're saying about this with them playing for the coach. That's true. There's probably been only a handful of coaches that have been more hated in the league uh, by their players than Urban Meyer. And you really you, you can't help but feel bad for Lawrence, who almost seemingly feels like he has just wasted a season of development as the number one pick of the draft at quarterback. So Jacksonville's got a lot to figure out. We'll see if the interim coach can come in here and get a win against Houston. They're playing at home, so hopefully they can go out and uh, put one on Houston. I would take Jacksonville, too. I would lean towards Jacksonville, but it's not. I mean, listen, this is the like the last game I would play this week. <laughs> really? I mean, I'll play it based on the narrative. Absolutely. All right. Um, Me, I'm a small play, Jacksonville. I'm, all right. Next game. It's up. hard to be crazy on it either of those two teams um next game up is arizona at detroit it opened at minus 12 in favor of arizona it's up to minus 13 so arizona lost last week to the rams the division game lions lost last week they had a lot of injuries um but they lost pretty pretty good to denver so the rams are only one game behind arizona at this point in the standings um, I kind of like the fact that Arizona's coming off the loss because this could be a game that you kind of look past in the schedule going up against the the team with the worst record in the NFL. I think that they won't be able to do that now with the loss from last week. So I think they're going to compete. I think they can dominate Detroit pretty handily. So, I mean, it's a big line, um, but I'm inclined to take it or put them in a teaser for sure. So I'm lined up on the same side as you. Um, Hopkins is out for Arizona. That's a big, a big miss uh, for them at wide receiver. But they're going to chase Edmonds back, so they're going to have a dynamic backfield as long as um, John Connor can play. James James Connor can play. One of these days. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think they're just sitting. And, and like you said, last week they didn't look good. Lamar didn't look good, especially down in the red Kyler. zone. Kyler, Kyler Murray, <laughs> Lamar Murray. <laughs> Oh, God. So, you know, you got to figure that um, they're going to come back upset and wanting to prove that they can, they should be the division winner. They got a game lead, like you said. They're going to want to hold on to that. Um, Detroit's horrible. They got their win. I think they continue. Like last week, we were up against Detroit big time. I think for the same reasons here, there's nothing really to play for for them. Um, all right. So next game up is Atlanta at San Francisco. It opened at minus seven and a half. It's up to minus nine in favor of San Francisco. This game, when I looked at it at first, I was like in love. It's my favorite game of the week. It's Kyle Shanahan going up against Matt Ryan. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator a few years ago in Atlanta that brought them to the Super Bowl. Um, we saw Matt Ryan go up against Dan Quinn. 
uh, with the Cowboys a few weeks ago. And that was a dominant um, game there. But then I, I looked and I realized that these teams did play back in 2019. Um, and Atlanta actually won that game 29 to 22, although there was like two uh, scores at the very end of the game um, makes that a little misleading. It's a big line, I feel like, for San Francisco um, because, I mean, Arizona's record is is respectable at this point. Um, Atlanta. What did I say? Arizona. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Um, so, although um, the Falcons, their record is six and seven. Of their seven losses, five of them have been by 10 points or more. So I definitely lean San Francisco. I think Kyle Shanahan is is really underrated as a coach. So I think if anybody knows how, you know, Matt Ryan's strengths and weaknesses, it's him for sure. Um, I think San Fran is playing much better football now than they were back in 2019 when these teams played. So I'm, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I feel a little better teasing it down, um, but I, I think they can definitely win by nine. I'm on the same side. I like San Fran. I think they roll here. Kittle looked really good last week. I know he's a little dinged up. He should play. Um, Debo, come back and, and play. Um, hopefully, they should roll against Atlanta. All right. You know, if you look at the records here, too, this is another game I was looking at earlier just to kind of see where they fall in the standings. San Francisco is seven and six. Atlanta is six and seven. Not a lot separates those records. If you just looked at the records, you would think that these teams are pretty tight. Um they are not. They're completely different teams. Atlanta is lucky to be six and seven. San Francisco is trying to make a late run here and struggled early. Um, I think San Fran kind of puts one on Atlanta here. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Next game up is Cincinnati at Denver. It opened at minus three in favor of Cincinnati. It shifted to minus three in favor of Denver. I'm not really sure why. I mean, I don't know the win last week, but I don't know if you'd give that much credit to the Broncos beating the Lions. So Bengals well, are they lost two in a row, right? They lost Bengals, to the Chargers. Yeah. yeah, the Bengals and the and the uh, 49ers. So teams don't travel well, well to Denver often. So I think that they're putting a lot of stock into that mile high home field advantage. But you know, I I don't see it. I think you know they lost two games in a row. They haven't lost more than two games in a row all season. They had one two-game two clip uh, against the Jets and the Browns and came back and handled the Raiders at the Raiders 32-13. to 13. I think this is going to be a similar type score. Again, they travel in that past example out to an AFC West team. So very similar pattern. Now they lost two games in a row. Cincinnati head into uh, AFC West team in Denver. And I think, you know, this is going to be – one of those games where the score is not that close. The only thing that worries me is you can run on the the Bengals and, and Denver has uh, Gordon and the rookie Javante Williams who um, have been playing pretty well. But other than that, I think overall Cincinnati is just a better better offense, a more rounded offense. So I definitely think, and as a dog, uh, I'll take. I them. love them in this spot almost as much as Pittsburgh. All right, so we're both on Cincinnati there. Um, next game up is the New Orleans Saints traveling to Tampa Bay. It opened at minus 11 and a half. It's at minus 11 currently. Um, I Before we started here, I heard um, that Sean Payton is on the COVID list. Um, so I don't know how much that changes things. But I feel to me like I don't understand why Tampa Bay is favored so heavily 
in this game, considering it's a division game, since Tom Brady went to Tampa in the regular season, there's been three meetings between these teams. The Saints have won all three. Um, obviously, last year it was Drew Brees, a quarterback. The earlier meeting is the uh, game that went, uh, Jameis Winston got hurt. Trevor Simeon took over. But the bottom line is it's the Saints defense that has won those games. So it, the line just feels too big. And I don't know what that means in terms of what side I'm supposed to be on. But I feel like you got to take the points and take the Saints. Um, I don't know how Sean Payton not being on the sideline affects it. I don't think, I don't think he calls the plays, right? It does um, sometimes. So <laughs> that aside, He's I just... He's an offensive guru, so he does call plays sometimes, but I'm not sure what the pattern's been this year. I haven't followed that this I don't think he does, because I don't ones. ever see him holding a little card on the sideline. Well, here's the point. I mean, you know, this is like the same trap that they've played since Tom Brady's been... You know, with Tampa yeah, Bay, did. the big line, and you expect Tampa Bay to roll. And, you know, they're, they've shown that New Orleans plays them tough and beats them. So, you know, I think you have to be crazy to take Tampa in this position. But with the line being so high, does that mean I'm supposed to take Tampa? I mean, those like if past I feel examples, like it's too the lines high. have been pretty big in those other games, too. So, you know, I think the key here is that Alvin Kamara is back healthy, looked great last game that he played. I think he's got enough that he can keep, you know, make a couple of plays and uh, keep New Orleans as long as their defense shows up. And their defense has been spotty at times, and they've also looked extremely dominant at times. So um, hopefully they can figure this Taysan Hill um, call, play calling, you know, as they figure out what works for him. Um, you got to get a lot of passes to Kamara. You know, checking down as you're sending the receivers deep, have Kamara come out of the backfield. That's going to be the key uh, mechanism for them to keep this game close as they can get Kamara manned up outside, um, coming out of the backfield and, and get some big yard games, gains. All I right. Like New Orleans. All right. So we're on the same side of that one. Next game is Minnesota at Chicago. It opened at minus four in favor of Minnesota. It's up to minus six. Um, Bears, I don't know if they have any players um, on the COVID list, but all three of their coordinators, offensive, defensive, and special teams are on the COVID list. Um, so if Bill Lazor is not there um, as the offensive coordinator, that would leave Matt Nagy calling plays. He had turned over play calling duties earlier in the year um, when the Bears were were struggling. So I, my initial take was I don't really want anything to do with this game. But given that circumstance, I think I'm going to lean Minnesota. What are your thoughts? Um, I like Chicago here. I just think it's too many points. It's a it's a division game. Minnesota on the road it does never appetizing to me. Um, you know, I think they probably pull Bears out the win play here. Outside. Yeah, they do. So you know, I think that Minnesota ultimately could win the game. I could definitely see them losing this game. Okay. Justin Fields continues to get stronger, and um, I look for Chicago. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict that they win the game, but I think they keep it inside the six points here. And who knows what that line gets to by the time kickoff comes around. All right. Um, so that's Monday night, right? That is, yes. So that's the Monday night game. The New Orleans-Tampa game is the Sunday night game. Now we're going to roll into the impacted COVID games um, where 
the Saturday game that was supposed to be played in the afternoon, I think at five o'clock, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, uh, between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns has been moved to Monday at five o'clock. 12.25 p.m. Cleveland. Really? They're playing a day game. 12.25 p.m. in Cleveland. Interesting. What do you think about that game? Well, I printed out the list. This is the list of which game are we talking about? Browns. Cleveland. So this is the so list. Cleveland's the one that's impacted by COVID. Of I don't know how well you can see that, but it's a long list of players impacted by COVID in the Browns. We have the head coach. Um, other coaches, uh, quarterback, Baker Mayfield, wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, cornerback, Troy Hill, defensive tackle, defensive end, safety, uh, Austin Hooper, tight end. Um, it's just a laundry list of players. Case Keenum is on here. Kareem Hunt is on here. Jadavian Clowney is on here. Um, so I, I can't make a prediction on this game. I'm the one thing we should mention that I didn't mention earlier is that the NFL did change the protocols for these players. So if they are vaccinated and they are asymptomatic, they no longer need two tests, two negative tests, 24 hours apart to play. They could basically get one negative test and play. So that will allow some of these guys to get back into the game, I would imagine. Um, but I mean, if, if Cleveland has to go out and play with half of their team, not there, half their coach is not there. Then I lean Las Vegas. Um, Darren Waller will be out for Las Vegas. So that I feel like it impacts them pretty handedly. So I, I don't really have a tea. I don't know that I can really pick any of these remaining games under the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the Cleveland Vegas game at all. I don't even know how you can comment on it. Cause you don't know who's going to play here. So I, I'd pass on that game. At um, least at this point on Friday, we got a couple days in between here. It could be more clairvoyant come Monday. Who's playing, who's not and get a better read. Um, so the next game is the Seattle at the LA Rams. This is now going to be, that's what, Tuesday at seven. Yes. Yeah, so both games got moved to Tuesday are playing at the same time at seven o'clock Seattle, LA Rams. And then the Eagles are hosting the Washington football team. So the Seattle LA game open at minus six in favor of the Rams. It's down to minus four. So the Rams have 25 players on their list. This is their list. Um, pretty extensive. So uh, Von Miller, uh, uh, Daryl Henderson, Jalen Ramsey, but they were on last week, so I would imagine they would come off. I don't know if they're vaccinated or not. Odell Beckham. Um, so that's the big one right there because Odell Beckham has seemed to step in to be a nice um, pass target for the missing Robert Woods. And then, I mean, I guess you got to worry about other players getting added because, you know, like you don't have Stafford or Cup on here, but what happens if they end up at it between now and then? Um, well, that's the whole problem, right? Strategically with deciding to, <clears throat> I don't want to get too much into the rules as they wrote them before the season started, but Well, what they wrote before the season was you forfeit. Yeah, well, there's some, you know, the stipulation is you forfeit if... The outbreak is caused originally the first person was an unvaccinated player. So then you start getting into, well, you know, who, who was the first and um, basically the way the actual rule is written, 
is that they could be forced to forfeit if they can't, if the league decides they can't make up the game before the end of the season. So there's they really they wrote that rule. There was no forfeit gonna happen. The other thing I heard is that if there is a forfeit, the players don't get paid on either side. So nobody wants to forfeit this game. The problem is when we'll talk about the Eagles Redskins game as an example, is that you, you have t- Taylor Haneke who's gonna definitely be out if they play Sunday. Um they have the backup quarterback who's definitely? on code. They they had ruled him out for Sunday. Already. So the backup quarterback is on COVID protocol, but they felt confident that he would test have two negative tests before kickoff. So he would most likely have ended up being the quarterback. But if he couldn't get off the COVID protocol list, they had just signed a guy today to be the starting quarterback. So I understand it puts Washington in a hard position. But the point is, is that they postpone this game two days out who's to say that these the Redskins come off the COVID protocol and then the Eagles have an outbreak and now they're on the COVID protocol are they going to afford the Eagles the same benefit and then push the game back I highly doubt it they're going to do anything they can to try to get this game in and I doubt that they're going to push it back to Thursday but they're going to have to get creative here if there's a bigger outbreak I digress on the whole you know, the way the rules written and what they should have been doing. The facts are the facts. This game is rescheduled for Tuesday. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I feel that Heineke comes into play now that he would most likely play Tuesday if he can get off the concussion protocol, right? And now he, oh, wait, he I'm totally COVID. confused because you just told me two Heineke minutes ago. Heineke would not have played if the okay. game was Sunday. So he has not they been ruled out. They postponed the game, so now Heineke could play. Okay, so he's so not So it's going to turn out, possibly, that he plays on Tuesday. And right now, the number is, help me, sitting at seven and a half, eight, I think. It's at eight. It's at eight. My point is, is that there's a, you know, we'll probably find out soon um you know by sunday whether heineke's really has a legitimate place chance to play and i think he does so you could get real value right now if you go in on the redskins at getting eight points because let me tell you the eagles shouldn't be favored by eight points against anybody and the only reason why this line is so big it was already up to nine and a half ten was because of the the outbreak but i think that you should it's a good bet to roll the dice that washington's going to put a team on the field that can actually compete and the Eagles aren't a team that necessarily is going to smoke somebody into the division, especially this year. You saw they just went into the Giants and lost the game. So I would take the points right now. I would take the points. That number is going to come down. Heineke has a good chance to play probably if the game is Tuesday. All right. Well, you skipped over Seattle, L.A. So let's go back to that game. Um so this is a division game. Obviously, the Rams right now have a lot of players on COVID. If Odell plays, Seattle, I like the Rams. Well, Seattle just put uh, Tyler Lockett on the list. He is vaccinated, so there is a chance that he could still play. That's big. He's been having some big games the last two weeks. So he's, yeah, I mean, DK is like non-factor. Um, so Russell Wilson has been going to lock it. These teams in the last four years, the Rams have dominated the matchup six to two. They played back in week five. The Rams won that game 26 to 17. So I would generally lean the Rams um, aside from the COVID issues. With the COVID issues, I kind of lean Seattle, but without Lockett, if he doesn't play, then I, I don't know that you can take Seattle there. Um, so, and then we have the Washington Philly game, which will be played on Tuesday as well. Um, one question, who's the quarterback for the Eagles? Well, it's looking like now that the game's pushed back to Tuesday, 
um, that Jalen Hurts is going to have a much better opportunity to start. So really two days is going to make a difference. Yeah, because he's got a high ankle sprain and he's right at the time frame where he should be getting better on a high ankle sprain. And if you've never had one before, I've had them. Uh, They're very painful and you can't run around like you used to. A lot of times guys, when they first get the high ankle sprain, have to walk around on crutches for the first couple of days because you really have to immobilize it. It basically is the top of your shin right below your knee. It's just a pain like somebody stabbing you. Um, so it's very difficult to play with. But so you're telling- when, it, when it comes through, it overnight, it's good. Really? Yeah. I mean, it starts to get a little better, but I mean, overnight, you're back to cutting. And I think that he's probably would start, which would hurt the Eagles, I believe, because um, Washington's very susceptible to the pass. And fact is, Garner Mishy right now in his career, having you know two and a half seasons playing in the National Football League, is a much better passer than Jalen Hurts. So you're telling me that you would take, assuming Taylor Heineke plays and Washington has a respectable amount of players that are able to play, that you're going to take Heineke plays, Jalen Hurts plays. I love it, especially if this line somehow in that scenario would be eight points, but it wouldn't. It would go down. If it's Gardner Minshew? If it's Gardner Minshew, it's tough. If it's Gardner Minshew and Heineke. All right, let's just be honest. If it's Heineke, then the number's coming down to probably three, two and a half, right? If it's if it goes down there, because Heineke plays, the number, regardless of what Eagles quarterback would play, would probably be around three. Eagles favored. I would take the Eagles in that scenario if Garner plays. If Jalen Hurts plays, I would take the Redskins. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely if if Heineke plays, I would lean the Redskins there for sure. Um, if Heineke doesn't play, no matter what the line is, take the Eagles. No matter who's the quarterback. Okay. But I think Heineke's going to play. Okay. And going back to, just to clarify for Seattle Rams, I like the Rams if Odell Beckham plays. If Odell Beckham doesn't play and Lockett does play and Russell Wilson's good, take Seattle. It's too many points. What if Lockett doesn't play? If Lockett doesn't play and Odell doesn't play? I would take the Rams. <laughs> this is like the most bizarre conversation. Yeah, so like you do the podcast 12, four days before the game, five days of, before uh, the game. What if? <laughs> 12 degrees of what can you do? If Kevin Bacon is the is the running back in the power eye, take the Rams. All right. So that's going to do it for us for week 15. Uh, we will be back week 16. We have to figure out when we're going to do week 16 because Friday is Christmas Eve. But. Um, we will be back um, at some point. So good luck in week 15. Peace out.